0: What's shaking, Fire Nation? JLD here, and welcome to November 2016's Income Report, we have an awesome report for you today, but before I get any deeper into this deep dive into our monthly income for November, let's say what's up to the crew because we have Josh, David, and Kate here. What's up, guys? Hi, hey, how's it going? Hey, what's up, Fire Nation? Yes, everybody's talking at once, and that's exactly what I want <laughs> and love. So awesome stuff, guys! And uh, we have a lot of cool things coming up. Of course, our legal expert David, our accounting expert Josh, and just our expert of everything Kate. We have a lot of cool things coming up, but. First off, the income at a glance for November, our gross income was $205,459. Our total expenses were just over $61K for a net profit of $143,000, which increases our income over $47,000 from October, so big swing in the right direction, which we'll be getting into a little bit. But before we do, I like to really dive into the accounting side of things because Foundation, if there's anything that you know, if you don't know where your dollars are coming from and going to, you don't really have a business. So, Josh, what do you have for us today in our CPA on Fires monthly tax tip?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little jealous of Kate, the expert of everything. <laughs> I'm just over here, the expert of accounting.
0: Yeah, not just something, I know, right? everything. <laughs> everything.
1: No, each month I'm on this report and I'm giving you a tax tip and it's usually involving some type of tax write-off or tax deduction, right? But after getting a ton of questions and, and seeing a lot of misunderstanding at it on it, it occurred to me that I need to do a better job of explaining exactly what a tax write-off or tax deduction actually is. So that's what we're going to do this month. And I want to start with an example, All right, So Pretend that you followed last month's tax tip where I talked about using entertainment as a tax deduction, all right? And you went and bought a, tickets to your favorite NBA basketball team. And I'm I'm sure it's the Cleveland Cavaliers. We don't even need to go there. Oh, Celtics. Uh, right, yeah. So, you, you did that. You took your attorney. You took David with you, your attorney, all right? And you you guys talked business the whole time. You wrote off the trip. You made it a tax deduction. And you spent $500 total. All right, and as we talked about last month, entertainment's a 50% deduction. Okay, so you took that 500, took 50%, you get a $250 deduction. But what does that $250 deduction actually mean? Because I'm seeing a lot of misunderstanding here, and people are thinking, great, I just took $250 off my tax bill. And unfortunately, that's not the case. It does not directly reduce your taxes by $250. Instead, what a deduction or a write-off does is reduce your taxable income by that amount right? So if your taxable income was $100,000, you got a $250 write-off. Now your tax deduction is $999,750. Did I I do that math right? Yeah, I I think think you did. (laughs) Okay. Thanks for the double check. So yeah. So it it reduces your taxable income. So what's the difference between those two things? Uh, The $250 just straight write-off off off your tax bill would obviously be a huge thing, Hmm. right? Reducing it from your taxable income basically means that you're just saving the amount of what your tax rate is. Okay. So let's assume that you're in the 25% tax bracket. All right. That what the average person generally falls into, if you have a $250 $250 deduction, you are essentially saving 25% of that $250 on your tax bill or about $63. Okay. So you went to the, the NBA game, you spent $500, you wrote $250 off on your taxes, you saved $63 on taxes. Okay, so instead of $500, you spent like 400 440 dollars and... Here we go, $440, thank you. All right, so this is still a big deal, right? This is still something that you would have spent money on anyways, now you're saving $63 on it. But what I don't want to see and what I see a lot of people doing is justifying purchasing things because it's a tax write-off. And for some reason, I I see this all the time with cars. People say, oh, I'm going to go buy a brand new Ford (laughs) F-150 because I use it in my business and it's a tax deduction. Like, yeah, great, but that $50,000 tax deduction that you're getting uh, is going to save you maybe $2,500 on taxes or $8,000 on taxes. All right, so what I'm saying is never buy something for the sole purpose of a tax deduction. Where you use this is if it's gonna be something that you're gonna buy anyways, something that you either are gonna spend personally or something you need for your business, then awesome. This tax deduction is fantastic because you're essentially getting a discount on whatever you're purchasing. I right, just think of it as taking 25% off whatever you're purchasing. Or in, in your case, John, it's even better because, well, depending how you look at it, but you were to the point where you would get paying 50% in taxes. Yeah. So anything you bought that we could write off, you got a 50% deduction on, right? But- that still didn't mean that you were going out there and saying, "Great, I'm going to go buy a fifty thousand dollar truck." I still
0: had a Mazda three. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So, and just so you guys know, I've seen John up close and personal. This guy's the most frugal guy you ever meet. <laughs> don't don't let the income report
2: fool
1: So, but no. The, the point here is, you don't use tax deductions or tax write-offs as an excuse to buy things you don't need if it's something you need for your business if it's an nba game that you want to go to anyways then fantastic we're going to get you a 25 percent discount maybe even a 50 percent discount but it's not going to be a dollar for dollar savings on your tax bill does that make
3: sense wait
1: josh so are you saying don't take your attorney to a game because i'm not really sure i'm into that <laughs> I, th- I think I got lost somewhere in there, but no, absolutely. Your, your CPAs and attorney should accompany you to every every entertainment event you go to. <laughs>
0: So A, that was funny. B, I was also chuckling a little bit, Josh, because I was remembering when you came to visit myself and Kate in, in San Diego, and you know, we were hanging out, I forget what we were doing, but I was on the computer and I was like, oh, I need to buy this domain. And so I like went and I was about to buy the domain, and and then I was like, I, I need to search for a coupon code first. And like I got so excited because I found a GoDaddy coupon code to instead of spending eight dollars for my domain, I spent a dollar and I was like, yes, and I was really fired up. And you were like, I've never met a multimedia. Millionaire who is so excited <laughs> about saving $7 on, on a domain. But it's the little things, Fire Nation. You know, I don't hesitate to write $25,000 checks to Pencils of Promise, which I've done three times, but I love not spending money on things you don't have to spend money on. So for me, justifying is always a bad game to play. Like if you're justifying buying anything, It's just because it feels good to buy something and and you want to justify it by some way to make yourself feel better. But likely the, the, the best move is just to spend as little money as you can and put it into your business, not into things you don't really need. So that's my kind of big takeaway, Josh. But again, let's kind of close this down. How do you want to end out this section for Fire Nation?
1: Yeah. So first, that that was the exact story I was that talking was. about, and that I remember literally sitting there and saying, <laughs> "Dude, you just ran a webinar and made fifty thousand right. dollars, and you're saving seven. But I will also add, almost every successful client I have that's making tons of money is the exact same way. <laughs> they're they're still <laughs> counting pennies. Obviously, not to the detriment of of spending time on more important things, but they they watch their money. And that's yeah. the way it goes. So, no, the the takeaway here is, again, use tax deductions wisely. Use them to get discounts on things you need, things you're going to spend anyways. Don't use it to justify unnecessary purchases. Uh, An an unnecessary purchase is is always unnecessary, and there's better things you can spend your money on. So, as always, they can go to our free video course, cponfire.com slash fire nation. They're going to get tips there on what entity they should choose, which, in my opinion, is one of the biggest tax decisions you can make. Um, they can always reach out to me at josh at cpaonfire.com and definitely check out our website, cpaonfire.com. Getting close to tax season, so reach out if you're looking for a CPA this year.
0: Yeah, I remember Josh had to turn people away last year, Fire Nation, because there's only so much time and uh, you want to get on this now, so cpaonfire.com or just email him directly because he's super accessible, josh at cpaonfire.com. So thanks, Josh. And David, I'll take you to a sports game, I promise. I'll be on same. San Diego in March, so we'll figure out something that's going on then, and, and we'll have a blast. I think there's a women's rollerblading game out there that we'll we'll take in. We'll have some fun. But you have a pretty awesome November legal tip for, us, so take it away.
3: Let's say you and I are at the game, the rollerblading game, the San Diego Derby <laughs> Dolls. They're yes. uh, they're actually very entertaining. <laughs> And uh, there you go. See, let's say you and I are at a game. We're talking, and we come up with an idea for a new business, and we're really excited about it. And we go out, you know, the next day, and we we're we're fired up, and we're starting it. I'm gonna just make something up. Let's say we're gonna start a taco truck. Um, and you know, I'm from San Diego, so everything's Yummy. about that. So uh, we're really excited. We start it. We're starting to work on it. So what happens is. When you have a business with one or more other people, and you haven't formed an entity like Josh was talking about in terms of a corporation or an LLC, what you are is a partnership. Even if you've never signed one piece of paper, you just have to be something. So the default is that you're a partnership. So I wanted to talk real briefly uh, about partnerships and just kind of how they work. Um, So like I said... You and I are now working together. We started this business. We haven't you know, put anything on paper or formalized anything. So we are acting as business partners. And that's not necessarily a bad thing or a good thing. It just is what it is. Um, so just real quick setting the table, when people talk about business partnerships, generally speaking, there's two different kinds. There's general partnerships and limited partnerships. And maybe in future income reports, we can get into the details of you know, how these different Aspects work. But, real briefly, the standard form is a general partnership, right? So, each, you know, it might be 50 50, it might be something else, but each partner has liability for the debts and obligations of the business. So, if the business is sued, each partner might be liable. Limited partnerships have to be formed with some specific legal language and filed with the state. And in limited partnerships, only one or sometimes a few partners have that liability. The others are quote unquote silent partners. So they're sort of investors. They're not directly involved in the management of a business. A lot of times you'll see that in real estate. So you might invest, hey, I've got, you know, 100 grand I want to put into this uh, office tower that we're putting up. Okay, I'm going to be a silent partner. I just want to invest. I don't want to be directly involved and I don't want to be directly liable. So that's a specific thing. But putting that aside, a general partnership is what we're gonna be in this business. So, you know, we can talk all day long about forming LLCs and corporations and the advantages of it, but it's not always right at every business at every moment in time. So if you're gonna be in a partnership, it's important to think that through. Um, My sort of highest level advice is gonna be for any kind of contract, but certainly for this, is going to be that you want to have something in writing. You wanna sit down and work out with your partner or partners, what the terms are going to be? Who's going to own what? Who's obligated to do what? What the responsibilities are? Are you working full time on this business or part time? How are people going to be compensated? You know, is the money going to be put back into the business or are you going to take it out for your personal income? All these kind of things need to be worked out. First, it should be the partners just talking among themselves, and then you know something more formally, hopefully with an attorney. Um, and the kind of thing that people need to think about that. Uh, you know, sometimes gets avoided or is a little scary or uncomfortable is what happens if things don't work out? Because John, you and I are, you know, at the game, we're fired up about our new concept. (laughs) We're ready to go start this business. But if you and I are not comfortable with each other enough to say, hey, John, I really like this idea, but you know, maybe a year from now, I'll just get sick of the smell of tacos and I won't want to work in that truck anymore. Uh, or, you know, maybe you'll decide to start a podcast and become super successful or whatever. You know, we need to be able to discuss this honestly up front. If you're not comfortable with that person having an honest conversation about what might go wrong, then that might be a red flag that this might not be, you know, a business relationship that's worth getting into or something you need to think about carefully. So partnership agreements whether it's you know just something informal that you write up or work with an attorney have to include language about what happens if one partner wants to leave or has to leave whether it's cause of a you know illness or another job moving out of town any number of things can happen typically that's called buy sell language and again maybe in a future in income report we can get into that in a little bit more detail but it's important that you know, Fire Nation, whatever type of business you're getting into, you know these terms, you can recognize them at least enough to be able to go look them up and, you know, go back and say, oh, yeah, I heard that on an income report. I'm going to check it out and make sure I have that or talk to my lawyer because, you know, all these things are really important. And I know there's kind of a lot of stuff that I just ran through. So if you want to get a three-step checklist on partnerships and just kind of keep that stuff in your head for when the time comes, you can go to my website, productsofthemind.net slash partnerships and download that for free. I'm sure that will also be in the show notes for this income report. So what do you think, partner? We're going to do it?
2: Tacos all the way, baby. You make me want to have like 15 tacos right now.
3: (laughs) 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 You got to come back to San Diego. And uh, I mean, I know they've got tacos in Puerto Rico, but it can't be the same, right? No,
2: it's not the same. Totally different. There's no Taco (laughs) Tuesdays
0: down here, which we should probably implement because it'll probably go over well. But Fire Nation, the one takeaway that I'm really getting here is if you are failing to plan, you are planning to fail. Like that is a phrase I want you to just to realize, to absorb, to say over and over again. And David, you are right. You went through a lot of things right there. So Let's just kind of have you maybe take one or two sentences, sum up like a key takeaway that we can just really kind of bite into, and then we'll uh, move on from that.
3: Don't be afraid to talk to your business partners, whoever you're working with, about, you know, the tough stuff. What's going to happen if for one reason or the other, you or another person needs to leave? Get that in writing before you start the business before you invest your time, your money or your energy. Make sure that you guys can have a frank and honest discussion. Get it in writing. If you can work with an attorney. There's a lot of good attorneys out there who are happy to help with this kind of stuff. And, you know, nobody has ever said to me, John, boy, I wish I hadn't sat down with my partner right. at the beginning and gotten things in <laughs> writing. It's just never nobody ever says that.
0: Love that. And just real quick again, how can Fire Nation get a hold of you?
3: the productsofthemind.net is my website with all kinds of tons of free legal tips on partnerships and trademarks and copyrights and LLCs and all kinds of fun stuff. Or you can get me on Twitter at David Lizabram, which I think will be linked in the show notes because you probably don't know how to spell it. But uh, I'll, uh, I'll let you give it a shot.
0: Sweet. Well, listen, again, we do have everything in the show notes, which is com slash income three nine. That's the... Number three, the number nine, eofire.com slash income39. We'll have direct links to David's site and uh, everything that we have going on here today. So, David, thank you, brother. Looking forward to the San Diego Derby Dolls. It's going to be a blast. So, March, let's get those tickets and we'll have some fun.
3: Happy holidays, guys.
0: So, Fire Nation, moving on, we're going to be talking about funnel on fire. This is Kate's little pet project that she recently took and ran with. So I'm going to pass it over to the lovely, classy Kate Erickson to expound more
2: little project <laughs> um, yeah so funnel on fire I'm really really excited about this new free course that we've created and kind of going back into our idea for it because what I really want to focus on here is how we actually came up with the idea to create this course because for me I see other marketers or other online business owners that you know I follow that I look up to I see them come out with new ideas new free courses, new downloads, a new webinar maybe. And I always kind of think like, I wonder how they came up with that. So that's really what I want to share today as it relates to Funnel on Fire. And kind of November in general, I just felt like it was a big brainstorming month for us. Like we did a ton of stuff. Um, We not only started putting together some of the major marketing pieces for the Mastery Journal, which we're going to talk about more in a minute, but we also sat down to reflect on a lot of discoveries that we made. And I think this is so important as business owners to, you know, we get wrapped up and caught up in all the go, 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 go. I have all these things to do. I'm so busy. I have too much on my plate task, 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 task. But we never sit down to think like, hmm, I wonder like what's working for us and I wonder why it's working for us. So as it relates to Funnel on Fire, one of the big discoveries that we made. So John walks into my office one day, I'm sitting behind my desk and he's like, our affiliate revenue from ClickFunnels has been has always been amazing. I mean, ClickFunnels is such a great platform. We use it ourselves. We recommend it to you, Fire Nation. But, you know, he had been noticing that over the past several months, it just been so, so consistent. So, with that discovery, instead of just like high fiving and being like, this is awesome, you know, John and I decided to sit down together and kind of think about why is our affiliate revenue been so great and consistent over the last few months? And what are some of the ways that we could kind of double down on that? So I kind of wanted to go through the thought process that we went through for coming up with funnel on fire, because that's the reason why we created this course is due to that kind of aha moment. I guess you could say when John came into my office and said, why has our ClickFunnels funnels revenue been so amazing? So, So we have that thought, right? John says, comes in, says that. um, And then, of course, the next logical thing is, I wonder why this is happening or where it's coming from. So after a little bit of brainstorming, we kind of thought, well, one thing that has changed over the past few months is that all of our free courses that we have, so free podcast course, free webinar course, free goals course. All of these course pages, because each of these courses has a certain number of video like tutorials modules that come along with the free course, those have to be delivered on a web page, right? So that when you receive the email and we say, you know, welcome to free podcast course, here's video one, you click that link and you go to a page where that video is going to live. Well, we transferred all of our free course delivery, our opt-in pages, our thank you pages, and where those free course videos live to ClickFunnels pages before we had everything on lead pages. But since we've dove fully into ClickFunnels, we've moved everything over. It's been amazing. Their platform is just like so easy to use and the design aspects of it, it, it's like really easy to understand. I'm not a designer at all, but it's all drag and drop stuff, really, really cool stuff. And they have really great video tutorials too. Um, but anyways, we we realized that that was one thing that had changed over the last few months. And how we kind of correlated that to perhaps a more consistent, increased affiliate revenue from ClickFunnels is that on every single one of those pages, ClickFunnels gives you the opportunity to have um, like a little icon, I guess you could say, in the bottom right hand corner of the page. And it says something like powered by ClickFunnels. And that's our affiliate link. So every time somebody opts in on one of our free course pages, every time somebody hits a thank you page that we have, every time somebody gets a video delivered to them through one of our free courses, that ClickFunnels affiliate link is on that page. So once we kind of brainstormed and we talked this out and we got to this point, we're like, what happens now that we've discovered that this is most likely the reason why our affiliate revenue has increased and been so consistent? So we thought, well, what if we not only create another free course with more pages, because that's going to have our ClickFunnels affiliate link on in more places seen by more people, But we actually built that free course around something that we know our audience wants and needs and that's directly related to ClickFunnels. Like I hope you're seeing all these win-win-win situations here because when we thought about questions that we get asked all the time by you Fire Nation, it's things like how do I know what lead magnet to create and how do I grow my email list and how do I build a funnel? These are all things related to needing a platform like ClickFunnels. And so by sitting down, not knowing where we were going with this discovery at all, we came up with the idea to create a free course called Funnel on Fire. We've created free courses in the past, we've tracked them, we measure them, we know that they add insanely great value to you, Fire Nation, because we only create free courses around the things that you ask us for. So we know that you want and need them, So it's a proven model for us. And if we can create another course like Funnel on Fire to add even more value to your world, of course, we're going to do that in zero seconds flat. I don't know if that's a saying or not, but, (laughs) you know, we put together a timeline, we put the steps in place. And Funnel on Fire is live. I worked on that for, you know, a good portion of November. It's out. You can head over and claim your spot in this free course today. It's an eight-day free course on how to create a funnel that converts. So you can uh, claim your spot in this free course over at FunnelOnFire.com.
0: Free courses, Fire Nation, are an incredible way for you to create no like, and trust with your audience. It's something that I thought of back in 2013 with free podcast course. And so many people are like, John, why would you ever sabotage Podcasters Paradise? You already have a paid course. Don't create a free course. People are just going to obviously choose that. And I'm like, hey, not everybody's ready to, to join a community with over 200 video tutorials. That's, you know, $750 to join. Some people just want a little bit now to, uh, to get a little taste of it. And now we have over 25,000 people that have subscribed and gone through that course, many of, of whom have now joined Podcasters Paradise from free podcast course. We did the same. same. Same thing with our free webinar course. Kate created an amazing free goals course which leads directly to the Freedom Journal which is making sale after sale after sale and now we're taking it to another level with funnelonfire.com which is us teaching you how to create your funnel on fire and how we do that through ClickFunnels, which is not even our company or our product or our service, but something that we love, something that we use and something that we know is gonna be amazing for anybody that uses it and we'll get an affiliate commission from ClickFunnels if people go through our affiliate links because they decide that they want to use ClickFunnels as well. So we can think creatively, we can think outside of the box. You don't always have to be inventing the wheel, Fire Nation. You can sometimes be that wheel and go forward in many different directions with all those different spokes. So Kate, how do you want to close down this section of Funnel on Fire? What do our listeners need to know?
2: Well, I just really hope that kind of sharing that brainstorming session, that discovery session, that it gives our listeners kind of the idea that you don't have to recreate the wheel. You don't have to build something from the ground up. Sometimes we have the answers. We know exactly what our next step should be. So just taking a step back and asking yourself some really simple questions you can get to the place where you're creating maybe a free course for your audience, or maybe it's something completely different. But I really hope that through sharing kind of how we came up with Funnel on Fire, that that inspires Fire Nation to take a step back and really think about what's working in their business and how they can double down on that.
0: In Fire Nation over at eofire.com slash income39. We have a lot more details about this. Of course, you can go to funnelonfire.com, but Kate also on this income report talks about the timeline with the eight different steps that she created. It's just very detailed. It's a great way uh, that shows how we created our free course, which is actually, Kate, probably something else that we should put on the to-do list is um, how to create a free course with a free course. And that just kind of makes a lot of sense as well because of how much of a benefit it's been to us. So eofire.com slash income39, all the links, Fire Nation. And we're gonna be moving into another segue of the show, which is Viva Puerto Puerto Rico because we have been quite the hosts in the month of November I mean obviously we're into December right now, but back in November we were hosting with the most in We had friends, we had family and we had fun We had the triple F in there so when we first uh, decided that hey we're gonna we're gonna buy a house in Puerto Rico, we knew that we wanted it to be a house that could really easily and comfortably host a lot of guests and visitors, and our place is definitely that. And If you haven't checked it out yet, I did a 17-minute video tour over at eofire.com slash crib. That's C-R-I-B. You can check out our crib down here in Puerto Rico. And the first stop that we had in November of friends coming over was one of my best friends in the world, who was my college roommate and fellow officer in the US Army, Mr. Ryan Kellogg, who actually has recently started working on a podcast himself, which is really exciting. We got to talk about that since he's right now mired in the corporate world, but hopefully with my influence, uh, he won't be uh, for much longer. And then our friends from San Diego who are just quite the entrepreneurs themselves, Ryan and Katie from san diego and they're rocking it so that was the first group that we had in the beginning part of november so kate why don't we chat about that group before we move in to the second group we had
2: Yeah, it was so great that it ended up working out time-wise to have Ryan and Ryan and Katie come down at the same time. Because like you said, we were able to create like this great atmosphere of masterminding and talking about business ideas. Ryan and Katie just got back from a two-month kind of trek around Europe. So we got to hear a lot about that and you know they really took a step back from their business and started brainstorming maybe new ideas for businesses so it was just really cool to be in an atmosphere and you know we've talked about this several times i know on eo fire and just between you know the two of us that we left a pretty energized and amazing group of entrepreneurs in San Diego where, you know, at the, any time we wanted really, you know, we could call somebody up on the phone and we'd be having a coffee or we'd be having a game night over at our house, which was just so incredible. I miss that so much. So to be able to invite our friends down, to be able to invite friends down who we can also, you know, kind of chat business with was a really great time. But of course we did some really awesome activities too. We got to trek to the top of El Yunque for the first time since we've been in Puerto Rico and I like to say it was the best rainforest experience because we got dumped on. Rain. <laughs> I took like a 10-minute scolding hot shower after we got <laughs> home from that trip.
0: We were literally in a rain cloud foundation. So we got to the top, and all of a sudden, this cloud just literally descends upon us. And we heard the rain coming at us. We couldn't see it because the cloud was just everywhere. We couldn't see more than five feet in front of our own faces. But it was like a train was coming at us, and it was the rain, and it just hit us and boom. These big old fatty raindrops. And we just sat back because it was nice, warm rain for the most part. You know, we got chilled a little bit afterwards, but it was warm rain for the most part. And we just kind of sat back and enjoyed the rain and, and had some fun and trekked all of El Hyunke, which is the, the only rainforest in the United States of America and territories. And then we have a nice picture over at slash income39 of uh, the five of us hanging out for a little barbecue time, which was a blast. We did that pretty much every night hanging out by the pool playing some music having some food and some drinks and just having a really cool time So, you know, we've really enjoyed hosting multiple friends that have come down here Michael O'Neill Greg Hickman, you know, I have some more friends lined up coming uh, later in 2017 as does Kate I think Kate's sister is gonna be coming in mid-January if things work out So a lot of cool stuff going on with friends and family and speaking of family, I had my mother, father, and five-year-old niece come to visit for eight days. Now, a lot of you would think that that's a little excessive and a little extensive of a a family uh, trip, but again, check out our our video, eofire.com slash crib, and you'll see, thanks to our house. Um, we put them in their own kind of separate wing, so they had their own uh, second master bedroom and they could do whatever they needed to do as far as work and play and just hang out and have fun and, and allow Kate and I to, to still have some semblance of of work-life balance at the same time. We definitely took a lot more time off than we typically would, and, and, we, and we had a blast during that time that we took off. I mean, I, I'm looking at a picture right now in our income report where we drove what's called Ruta Panoramica, which is right down the middle of Puerto Rico from east to west there's this one road that just drives that's not a main road because you are going up over the mountains coming down into the valleys and you are just being able to well you're bearing witness to these beautiful panoramic sites that are just gorgeous and we did that for an entire day and, and we probably did about 20% of the drive so it's, it's a very time intensive crazy trip but it's super worth it if you ever come to Puerto Rico to see what a lot of people don't see. In Puerto Rico. A lot of people just come and they hang out on the beaches, which is amazing. But there's a whole interior side to Puerto Rico that's gorgeous and cool, and you get to really see the culture. We had a great lunch that was amazing. And, you know, my, my little five-year-old niece, she was just the biggest water bug in the world. She was in the pool all day, every day. We went to the beach multiple times. My father and I took some pretty epic treks where we went hiking around and had some good father-son bonding time. And, you know, all was well in the world. What do you think, Kate? Was it a good time?
2: Speaking of tacos, like I'm looking at that picture of us at lunch. Weren't those the best tacos ever? If I
0: ever go back on that drive, like I'm stopping at that restaurant and getting those tacos.
2: Yeah. And speaking of that drive, didn't you say that you guys drove the entire spine one time? Like how do you even do that? Back in 2009,
0: our first trip, like we went on the spine slash Ruta Panoramica, but it wasn't for the whole thing.
2: Mm. Yeah, well, I thought what also was really cool about having your family here is, you know, not only being able to share um, our Puerto Rico experience with them, um, but also, you you know, you mentioned like the treks that you did with your dad, um, the spine trip that we took, which was just gorgeous. You know, it allowed us to see parts of Puerto Rico that we haven't even seen yet, which is another reason why I love having visitors so much because it kind of forces us out and, you know, seeing things that we haven't been able to see yet. Um, but we also had a really cool experience. Uh, myself, you, your dad, and Casey. How we um, walked the route that you usually take on your run up to the. Oh, I'm totally blanking on that. Submarine Hill. Submarine Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we went a way that I've never gone before. We end up in this hidden beach. And your dad had this amazing idea to take like huge trash bags with us because I guess you guys had been there a couple of days before and noticed that there was a lot of trash there, huh?
0: Yeah, it gets washed up from the ocean. So nobody like goes there and leaves trash because it's a super excluded beach. Like you can't get there. It's like, I've never seen anybody else there It's in this really crazy cool part of our community. Um, That you can only get to on foot. Um, You can't even get there by car or golf cart or anything. Um, But unfortunately, you know, it is one of those kind of areas where um, trash from the ocean does wash up over the years. And since nobody's there, there have been a little bit of accumulation
2: yeah, so it's like a little cove area. I think that's why it gets trapped in there a little bit. And what's so cool about that area is, like you said, it's not easily accessible. Even walking there on foot, like you're taking a pretty intense walk. I'm yeah. so impressed that Casey Such made that world. happen. I carried yeah. her the whole way back. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> along with all the trash we had, too. Right those are like the different kinds of experiences that just like really stick with you. And it was, again, it was great uh, just sharing our experience here in Puerto Rico with your parents. Your dad was like super helpful. I love how, um, in, industrious, is that a word yeah, or sure. is that the right way to describe it? Um, you know, your dad helped us set up a couple of appointments for like a few things around yeah. the house, which was really <laughs> nice of him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, he's like, do you have a warranty on the stove? I'm like, I don't know. He's always like calling the stove <laughs> companies, calling the microwave, the dishwasher. And like, people are showing showing up at our house like a week later after they've left. Like, "Um, we're here to fix your stove. We're like, what? we're like, oh, it must have been art. So (laughs) industrious is the word.
2: It was kind of like fresh blood who isn't like, you know, hasn't made 15 phone calls already. So that was nice. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's just like, why aren't you doing these things, John? I'm like, because I have like a lot of things that I I need to be doing this, not necessarily like checking if I have a warranty, you know, on my 2016 stove. And he's just like, oh, well, I'll do it for you. And he was just like off to the races because he just loves being helpful and industrious and making things happen. So big help. He fixed a couple huge things as well, like doorknobs and <laughs> drawers and stuff. <laughs> so Art, if you're listening, yeah, you're, you're welcome <laughs> back anytime, my father. You're welcome back.
2: Your mom was super helpful too with like helping clean up in the kitchen and she cooked a couple of amazing meals. One that you've been crushing, that pork stew. I finished it today. So yummy. Actually, it was so good. Uh, no more. So good. (laughs) So
0: enough with the family love and the family talk and the visitors. Let's kind of get back a little bit into the entrepreneurial swing of things with Kate's Take Season 4. What's up with that?
2: Yes. So November brought the beginning of the final season of Kate's Take for 2016. And thanks to my Kate's Take listeners, I ask for their input every, um, well, at the end of each season, you know, I do a strong call to action to ask my listeners to help inform me on what they want to hear about in the next season. And I just started doing seasons in 2016. I'm doing one per quarter, which has worked out really well because it kind of gives me like eight weeks on eight weeks off, which has been nice to help me focus on other projects and everything. Um, I just love the podcast so much that, at, you know, going into seasons was really helpful in terms of time management and stuff. So, um, season four is all about what it means to be an entrepreneur. And it was kind of a departure for me. And it made me a little bit nervous because it broke the mold in terms of usually on Kate's take, I'm sharing like very actionable, specific step-by-step content around business strategies. Um, So, you know, talking about, uh you know five ways to do x, y, and Z, or like my season one was on how to set and accomplish your biggest goal, so you know it's very tactical, but since the launch of season four, we've been covering things like mindset and facing fear, how being an entrepreneur creates freedom, taking ownership. Uh, and it's been really cool because I've been receiving some really really great feedback on that. But as you can see, those topics are like a little more, I guess, emotional based rather than like tactical based. So uh, it's it's been really fun though. I've really been enjoying it. And um, if you haven't checked it out and you want to tune in, then you can go to the season four home base, which is eofire dot slash season and the number four.
0: Definitely check it out, Fire Nation. Kate puts a lot of time, energy, and effort into these seasons, and every one of them just gets better than the last. So moving into the next section of the show, we're going to be talking about the Mastery Journal because January of 2017 is fast approaching and we have been kicking things into high gear. Specifically, November was kind of really the launch pad for all the marketing that we're starting to do. I mean, some of the things that we've been doing is, you know, we've been creating a team. Uh, We've been doing photo shoots. I've actually ordered 30,000 physical copies. I created the video trailer for The Mastery Journal. Um, We created a behind the scenes email campaign for people that sign up over at themasteryjournal.com. And oh, by the way, strong call to action. Get over to themasteryjournal.com, sign up and you'll get the first 30 days of The Mastery Journal via a killer fillable PDF. So you can check out how awesome it is. And we've hired an, ad, an Facebook Ads Manager who started kicking off ads. So I have Facebook ads going on with videos and all these other pictures and cool stuff. So we have so many cool things going on with the Mastery Journal. And you know, if you want to just learn more about it, even if you're saying you know that doesn't sound that interesting to me, like as a journal, like I might not want to master productivity, discipline, and focus. Just going in and opting in to our our interest list and getting that gift, you're also going to get like a behind the scenes look at at how we market and you know, take the things that we've learned from other people like Amy Porterfield, Lewis Howes, Pat Flynn, and have implemented it into our business and see how we implement these things so that maybe you can implement them into your business. So we're really excited about it. Again, we've done all those cool things that I mentioned like the photo shoot, the videos done. Um, anybody, by the way, that's interested in supporting the Mastery Journal campaign, I do have a URL for you eofire.com slash support. If you want to support us, it would mean the world because we're looking for a January 23rd blitz, uh, just to let everybody know that the Kickstarter campaign is live. I actually have my call later today with Susie over at Pencils of Promise, because we're going to finalize exactly how Pencils of Promise and us, EO Fire, are working together for the Mastery Journal, what our funding goals are going to be, you know, again, because every time we hit a funding goal, I'm going to be writing a check to Pencils of Promise. So by you supporting the Mastery Journal by either getting a Mastery Journal when we launch on January 23rd, or just by telling others about it, you're going to be helping support education and development developing countries through pencils of promise so we're looking for that win-win we're looking to move from just being successful as a campaign to really being significant and bringing awesomeness to this world so that's kind of what i have to say about the mastery journal marketing for november but kate what do you want to add
2: It's just been really exciting to carry everything over from the Freedom Journal launch that we learned in terms of like marketing and how that ran and what worked and maybe what didn't work so well. Bringing that into the Mastery Journal marketing has been, you know... Now we kind of like know a little bit of what's ahead. So, you know, doing things like these photo shoots and kind of putting our team together, doing the project plan, um, the behind the scenes email campaign, all these things uh, we've been able to, I feel, add maybe a little bit more creativity to it because we kind of have the base down of like, what do we need to do to make this work? So it allows a little bit more space for creativity and, uh, you know, well, we're always fun, but it's maybe been a little bit more fun this time around.
0: <laughs> this has been fun, Fire Nation. I really hope that you do jump on the bandwagon and join us in this experience again. We're looking to do some really cool things. I know the Mastery Journal is going to change people's lives. It will help you master your productivity, discipline, and focus. So over at the masteryjournal.com you go. And now let's move into November 2016's income breakdown. You've been waiting patiently, Fire Nation. Thank you. And our product and Service income for November of 2016 was $157,000. The Freedom Journal itself generated over $35,000. In fact, just a sliver under $36,000 for the month of November. Shopify did 23K, while Amazon did about $12,500. So definitely looking forward to seeing that trend continue as a freedom journal is proving that it still has legs after that killer launch we had last january of 2016 Uh, podcasters paradise did over twenty three thousand dollars eleven k of that came from new members which is really exciting and cool Um, our podcast sponsorship income was massive this month at seventy one thousand dollars Um, We also received a speaking fee. I'm doing a a one day speaking engagement here in Puerto Rico, which I'm getting paid $20,000 for. Um, So that was exciting and it's here in Puerto Rico which is even more fun. So a $20,000 speaking fee added nicely to the bottom line. Of course, podcast websites brought in its great $5,000 we've been taking out of the business every single month as we invest all the other profits back into podcast websites to make it better and better and better. A lot of other things, of course, you can check out. Out at eofire.com slash 39 to uh, get those details, because I'm going to move on to affiliate income, which was $47,000 for the month. Uh, a huge part of that was ClickFunnels, which we've been talking about. We did $23,000 in ClickFunnels affiliates, which is just staggeringly awesome. Uh, we did $2,000 with a company called TopTal, like if you're looking for talents uh, to create your website, etc. there there's some great engineers over there. We did three two hundred dollars for create awesome online courses, and again, there's just a lot of other things. Uh, Ray Higdon's three minute expert four thousand dollars, and we just have about twenty other things listed, both you know from the hundreds to the low thousands to the even uh, potentially five figure mark. So definitely check those out to see what's working for us on the affiliate side for a total gross income in November of two hundred and five thousand dollars. But again, our expenses, uh, they're lengthy, and they seem to keep getting longer every single month. Uh, And now we're at $61,000 for the month of November in expenses, which brought our net profit to $143,000, which we're thrilled about because that is a $47,000 increase from the month before. So uh, all awesome things. And Kate, we have a biggest lesson learned, something about the importance of asking yourself for the answers.
2: Yeah, I already touched on this a little bit earlier when we were talking about our idea to come up with Funnel on Fire, but I just realized through this experience that it's often the case when we get ready to do something big in our business, like start a new project or we set a goal, that you know we tend to immediately think about who else we can turn to for guidance or help because we think like, oh, well, I don't know what to do because this is the first time I'm doing it. So I'm going to go ahead and take the lead from those who have you know gone before me, which Don't get me wrong, you know, we preach and practice that ourselves here at EO Fire, too. It's great to have online mentors and be able to follow those who have come before you. But, you know, only to a certain extent, because you can't rely on others for everything. And my biggest lesson learned was just that, you know, sometimes just asking yourself for the answers is really the golden ticket. And, you know, I talked about earlier Funnel on Fire, Us just sitting down and brainstorming and asking ourselves a couple of questions before ever going out to like research anything else or, you know, figure out what else might work for us. Um, you know, some of those questions that you can ask yourself might lead you exactly where you need to go. Um, so no matter what type of project you're starting, no matter um, what type of goal that you're setting for yourself, I have a list of questions that I'll go through here and that you can refer to, of course, on the report, eofire.com slash income 39. Um, but this is kind of the list of questions that I ask myself when I'm brainstorming a project or my next big goal to try and figure out like, what do I already know that can help save me a ton of time and already help me take you know multiple steps forward before I ever you know turn to anybody else or sink a bunch of time into like research and stuff? So those questions are, have I done something like this before? If so, what project was it? The third one is what was the same? And this question is going to help you pull from that experience. so if if you have done something like this before, What's the same with what you've already done? Also, what's different? Because that way you're going to know what you need to research. So instead of just like, you know, going out there blindly and starting to look in a million different places, like let's get specific about what exactly we need to find out to help save ourselves some time. The fifth question would be, what are the steps I have to take to get the big project done? So we're just going to simply sit down and write out the steps that we know we need to take. And then lastly, what's my estimated timeline? Because we of course wanna make sure that we're being time relevant here. We, we need to set a deadline for ourselves so that we can hold ourselves accountable to that. And after answering questions like these about your project or your goal, you're going to be able to evaluate where you're at in terms of what you already know. So what you can pull from previous experiences and maybe things that you don't know yet. And when you have that specific list of the things that you don't know, it's going to be a lot easier to go find those resources because you know exactly what you're looking for. Once you have this list and the list of experiences like what you already know about what you're going to do, this then becomes a the start of your project plan. So, asking yourself for the answers before running out and looking to somebody else for them, I just believe that it's really going to help you get the foundation for your project set. That was certainly a big lesson learned for me in November, specifically as it related to Funnel on Fire. You know, right. I we could have had that realization or discovery about the affiliate revenue, and I could have just, you know, immediately gone out and started researching, you know, ways to, um, you know, increase affiliate revenue or like, uh, you know, I don't, whatever you would research. See, I don't even know what I would research. Um, So asking, starting with asking yourself those questions. We know so much already, Fire Nation. We don't give ourselves enough credit for the experiences and the knowledge that we have. So um, take a step back, ask yourself a few questions so that you can really nail down what your next steps are.
0: So Fire Nation, this has been an intense income report. I mean, if you've been sitting here listening to all that we've been talking about from the CPA tip to the lawyer tip to everything that we've been rapping about all the way to those biggest lessons learned. I mean, your head is literally spinning and might pop off. So if you broke this up into a few sessions, good for you. Um, But if you stuck with us, amazing as well. I just want to say, you know, the final call to action here is something that we are so passionate about that we're so excited about that all of our forces are pointing towards as we move into 2017 is the Mastery Journal. So Check it out, themasteryjournal.com. You'll see why we're so excited. You'll get the first 30 days for free. Anything you can and want to do to support is over at eofire.com slash support. But no matter what, we're here for you to add value. And we're going to continue doing that so that you can prepare to ignite.
2: Much love, Fire Nation.